Hi everyone, welcome back to BTW. On this episode, I'm going to run through multiple different studies and their findings regarding the internet and child brain development. The first study I read was conducted in 2019 by Dr. Joseph Firth, a senior research fellow at NICM Health Research Institute in Western Sydney University and an honorary research fellow at the University of Manchester. In this study, Dr. Firth combined evidence to produce revised models on how the internet could affect the brain's structure, function, and cognitive development. According to Dr. Firth, the key findings of this report are that high levels of internet use can impact many functions of the brain. One major aspect of the internet is that there are countless notifications and distractions. The necessity to have divided attention results in our decreased capacity for maintaining concentration on a single task. Additionally, the ability to search everything within two to five seconds may change how we store and value facts in both the brain and our society. This was a meta-analysis that combined several different studies and analyzed their data. Since we are currently growing up in the age of the internet, the ultimate effects are yet to be known. Dr. Firth also suggests that one area for future study is the difference between cognitive effects on children versus adults. Whereas in children, the internet can result in decreased cognitive activity, there is some thought that in the elderly, the internet provides a novel pathway for adults to maintain their neural pathways. So while in children, this may decrease brain function, it may be used as a tool to help the elderly keep theirs intact. The second study I read was conducted by Catherine L. Mills and was called Effects of the Internet, Use on the Adolescent Brain. Despite popular claims, experimental evidence remains scarce. The evidence from this study conflicts the other previous study I discussed. Mills suggests that there is currently no strong evidence that typical internet use harms the adolescent brain. Recent longitudinal brain imaging studies have shown that major changes in the brain structure and function might be more largely related to genetic and behavioral differences between individuals rather than due to internet use. Changes in the brain structure as measured by an MRI appear to be under strong genetic control during the transition between late childhood and early adolescence. This suggests that major brain changes, often referred to in both our class and the research as rewiring the brain, is highly unlikely. There are well-established sensitive periods for sensory processes. For instance, the sensitive period for language acquisition is before adolescence. However, adolescence is the sensitive period for sociocultural learning. During this sensitive period, people learn how to navigate complex social interactions. Adolescence is the time when most people begin using the internet and other forms of social media. However, current evidence suggests that typical internet activities do not impair social development during adolescence. Furthermore, a recent longitudinal study of 14 to 24-year-olds, and the sample size was 719, found a positive relationship between moderate internet use and participation in real-world activities such as sports or clubs. In 2009, a review of the literature supported the idea that communicating with friends through the internet can increase adolescents' social connectedness. These studies suggest that there is a need to distinguish between the effects of different internet activities, like communication or information gathering, with other forms of media that contribute to our screen time. This connects with one of the points that my aunt made in her podcast. My aunt continuously made a point to say that using the internet as a tool is very different than spending time scrolling or liking. Mill's study also aimed to see if there were different cognitive skills developed. 
While it's still too early to tell, preliminary research conducted in 2011 regarding undergraduate students learning online suggests that students are less likely to remember specific information, but were more likely to remember where to find that information. This experiment suggests that the effects of the internet on cognition are nuanced and can strengthen specific cognitive strategies in young adults. Going forward, Mills suggests that unique and creative studies are necessary to figure out how the connected world is impacting our brain. Studies will need to investigate brain measures and their relationship to behavior, cognition, and well-being in a representative sample of the population. These studies should differentiate between different internet activities. Even if internet use is impacting the developing brain during adolescence, it is important to remember that the adult brain is also capable of change, although that isn't the question that I've been aimed with answering. Another study I read was called Impact of Frequency of Internet on Development of Brain Structures and Verbal Intelligence, a Longitudinal Analysis, conducted by Hikaru, Takuchi, and multiple other researchers. Their research suggests that excessive internet use is shown to be cross-sectionally associated with lower cognitive functioning and reduced volume of several brain areas. Takuchi et al. conducted their research on a large sample of children recruited from the general population. Their mean age was 11.4, and the age range was between 5.7 years through 18.4 years. Although there were no significant associations in cross-sectional analyses, a higher frequency of internet use was found to be associated with a decrease of verbal intelligence and a smaller increase in areas of gray matter in the brain after a few years in the longitudinal analysis. These areas are related to language processing, attention, and executive functions, emotion, and reward. Total time using mobile phones was significantly associated with poor sleep habits, declines in study habits, increases in class absence, and increased tardiness. It is also associated with greater difficulties with motion regulation and longitudinally associated with an increase in depression and loneliness. I would also like to touch on this finding based on another point my aunt made in her discussion with me. My aunt mentioned that not all kids have an increase in depression or loneliness, but from the research she's seen, and also that was put into her documentary, the internet and social media can exacerbate previous feelings of isolation or sadness in children and adolescents. Tekuchi's study also utilized brain imaging to see areas of high activity. There was higher functioning in the right orbitofrontal cortex, which is related to reward. This makes sense because much of the research I read mentioned how there is often an associated reward process with checking notifications on your phone. Additionally, there was lower brain activation in the right middle temporal gyros, which is related to language processing. It was also found that the children studied had lower accuracy when recalling information. Higher frequency of internet use was associated with decreased verbal intelligence and a smaller volume increase in widespread brain areas after a few years. These stunted areas of growth include areas of language processing, attention and executive functions, emotion and emotion and rewards. It is also directly and indirectly associated with a smaller verbal intelligence and smaller gray matter. One interesting area for further study that Takuchi and his fellow researchers began to touch on was that the internet use is beneficial for reading skills in children with low reading ability. However, children with greater intelligence may use the internet more frequently, which may result in all these detrimental effects aforementioned. Personally, I think another area for future study both builds on this idea, but it also touches back to an idea I mentioned both in this episode, but also the one with my aunt. It is important for future research to make the distinction in the type of activity occurring on the, on the internet. 
This will help refine the results and suggest concrete evidence on whether learning and using the internet as a tool has the same effect on the human brain and child brain specifically as liking or swiping all day long. Another interesting study I read about appeared in the International Journal of Behavioral Nutrition and Physical Activity. Mekdes K. Jebramariam and her colleagues studied are screen-based sedentary behaviors longitudinally associated with dietary behaviors and leisure time physical activity in the transition into adolescence? I thought this study was interesting because it demonstrates how learned behavior in childhood regarding technology can begin to affect other behaviors during maturation. Deborah Merriam used a cohort study setup. A cohort study is a particular form of longitudinal study that samples a cohort, a group of people who share a defining characteristic typically those who experienced a common event in a selected period, such as birth or graduation. A cross-section is performed on this group at different intervals throughout a time period. In Deborah Merriam's cohort, there were 908 children followed from September 2007 to May 2009. The study followed them from age 11 to age 13. During this time period, these children self-reported their intake of fruit, vegetables, soft drinks, sugar, and snacks, TV and DVD use, computer game use, and leisure time physical activity were also reported. Different analyses techniques were then used to determine longitudinal associations between screen-based sedentary behavior, dietary behaviors, and leisure time physical activity. Ultimately, the study found that the 20-month changes in TV and DVD use, as well as computer game use, was positively associated with changes in the consumption of soft drinks with sugar and unhealthy snacks in the same period. The results also found that this increased time was inversely associated with change in vegetable consumption. Change in computer game consumption was also inversely related to change in fruit consumption. An inverse but non-substantive association was found between change in TVD, TV and DVD use and change in leisure time physical activity. Change in computer game use was not significantly associated with change in leisure time physical activity. This interesting dynamic suggests that changes in screen-based sedentary behavior were weakly associated with unfavorable changes in dietary habits. Additionally, these time changes in screen-based sedentary behavior had no major effect on leisure time physical activity. One area for future research may be seeing how utilizing the internet to teach children healthy habits would result in different future dietary behaviors. I found the data from this study very interesting because it shows an association between screen time and specific behaviors. However, I think it is very important to note there are several confounding factors and other influences that cannot be controlled in this style of study. To leave this episode off on a positive note, the last study I will tell you about details how we can use the internet to our advantage. In their study, Children, Wired for Better or for Worse, Daphne Bavelier, C. Sean Green, and Matthew W. G. Dye discuss the multifaceted effects of the internet. They start their article off with a central question of not whether technology is affecting cognitive development, that's a given. The question instead is, how is technology affecting cognitive development? This study dialogued really well with this major theme that's beginning to pop out, using the internet as a tool. The researchers suggested the most common misconception with technology is that all entities will have the same effects. For instance, using the internet to learn reading and phonics is, will have the same effects on the human and child brain as looking at Snapchat or Instagram all day. For instance, the researchers question, or bring up the question, is all food bad for you? No, 
There are some good foods and some bad foods, just like there are some good uses of the internet and some bad uses of the internet. Additionally, another issue raised in the research is that certain effects of the internet are short-term, like changes in mood or arousal. To actually see how the internet changes behavior, it is important to look at how the internet affects brain function in the long term. Bavlier, Green, and Dye build upon this idea and draw on previous studies that suggest a positive effect on preschoolers' later adolescent test scores if they owned a, ch- a television during those preschool years. While there are many confounding variables, the positive outcome could be due to the stimulating effect of introducing a new experience into the life of a preschooler. Furthermore, certain TV programs such as Sesame Street, Blue's Clues, Dora the Explorer, and Clifford the Big Red Dog have been correlated with positive outcomes such as greater vocabulary and higher expressive language skills. While these studies are typically cross-sectional or longitudinal and have many confounding variables, as I mentioned before, a recent randomized control trial in preschoolers, the Ready to Learn initiative, compared a literacy program that included television shows such as Sesame Street to a science curriculum with more science-based television shows. After 10 weeks, the students in the literacy group showed increased literacy skills as compared to those in the science group, indicating a direct causal link between the media activities in the literacy curriculum and improvements in literacy. As mentioned, there are downsides to technology. For these TV shows to be successful, the programs must engage the viewer, elicit participation, provide a language model, avoid distracting simulation, and include a narrative. Drawing on using the internet as a tool, Effective educational shows can also be used to increase pro-social behavior. TV shows may provide an example for how to resolve social conflicts and productively manage disagreements and frustration. This may be as important to child development as academic content because antisocial behavior has been linked to poor academic outcomes. In their research, Bavlier, Green, and Dye expressed the importance of, a real, of really analyzing the data. For instance, many studies claim that technology use is highly correlated with other factors that are strongly predictive of poor behavior outcomes. This idea, also known as confounding variables, makes it difficult to know for sure the true causes of the observations. For instance, children who watch the most television also tend to live in lower income homes and tend to have mothers with lower levels of education, both of which are strong predictors of a variety of diminished capabilities. This caution is not meant to make you question every scientific article you read. It is just given to make you think more about the data you are listening to and the various variables that could contribute to it. Correlation does not equal causation. Many factors may help contribute to these behaviors, the internet being one of them. Our generation is the first one growing up in this digital age. So while all this data is still true, the end result of the internet, we're not really sure about. It's important to keep that in mind as we move forward. There are definitely both downsides and upsides to the internet. As both people I interviewed mentioned, and many of the researchers in these scientific articles, going forward, it is very important to utilize the internet as a tool rather than get lost in its distracting depths. I'd like to give a special shout out and citation to each of the studies I read. I cannot answer the question without them and the countless hours reading and analyzing the various articles and data sets. These four articles I chose out of several others that I read, all of which helped me give the necessary science regarding my central question of how the internet affects child brain development. As always, I'm your host, Abby Silverstein, and thank you for listening to BTW.